You're listening to the Overcoming Daily Podcast with Anna Johnson of sacredlifecoaching.com. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you'll have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Anna began her journey of becoming the Overcomer Coach as a licensed clinical social worker investing over 10 years to helping others in the mental health field. In her experience as a therapist, she became aware that believers are struggling from the same issues as non-believers. Same issues as non-believers. As Anna sought wisdom on this matter, the Heavenly Father inspired her to give up her clinical career in order to serve the body as a coach, to help them in overcoming life and spiritual challenges through kingdom principles. Kingdom principles. And so, the Overcomer Coach was born. Enjoy today's episode, Overcomer. Here's your host of the Overcoming Daily Podcast, Anna Johnson. Shalom. Welcome to season three of Overcoming Daily with Anna Johnson. My name is Anna Johnson and I am your Overcomer Coach. This season is titled Testimonies of the Overcomer. And today's guest is Alicia Warnikov. Welcome, Alicia. Thank you for joining us. How are you today? Thank you. Good. Great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. So, Alicia, you know, you and I have known each other. Goodness, how long has it been? It's been years. It's been a long time. I was recounting this. It was 2015 I first met you. Oh, wow. Maybe before, yeah. Has it really been that long? It's been a long time. It was in Missouri, yeah. Yeah. In Sakoa. Long time. I think you're up there with uh, one of the other people that I had um, uh, interviewed. My first interview with Tara Mai, so. Yeah. 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 So, you know, let's talk a little bit for the guests, tell the guests a little bit about yourself, like who you are and, and all that good stuff. All right. Well, the typical titles start with mom, wife, right? right? (laughs) Um, I've been married to Daniel for about 17 years. We got married twice. We got married um, legally. And then like, so we have two anniversaries. I've been married like 17 slash 18 years. We have four children, um, two girls who are 15 and 13, Mm -hmm. and two boys who are seven and two. Mm -hmm. I have been a believer since um, the day I can remember. Like on my first memories, I just remember my best friend being Mm -hmm. the father. So I don't think I've ever been without him really. Um, Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, And I don't even remember when that became like a decision to follow him because I feel like I always have. So I did get baptized at like six and then. Again, actually, the year I met you um, in the Merrimack River, Missouri, but I have always had a strong relationship with him, even um, even through like the horror, you know, I went through a lot of uh, abuse as a child, all those things. It never drew me away from him. Like I always knew that he was there. So I think that's part of who I am introducing myself. Um, I'm an herbalist. That's what all this paraphernalia is behind me. (laughs) I'm a I'm a medicine maker. So. I make medicine. I um, I live in the Smoky Mountains, and I wild harvest all these things. And I make uh, this is my apothecary, and I have a small business that we run, and I teach classes, and I do seminars, and I have fun with that. I think that's part of what the Father has called me to serve the body right. with. And um, else? I homeschool. Wow. We homeschool. Yeah, my husband's an artist. We do uh, a lot of. We own a mountain, the Mountain Art Center in Gatlinburg. Is our place so we have eight shops here and um we're about to open a coffee shop and we just we are entrepreneurs we like to drag the family into everything that we do and involve them and yeah and you a little bit road for a season two like camper living right yeah yeah we lived in a camper for years um i think that began in 2016 mm-hmm. We respond to catastrophes, so hurricanes, tornadoes, hailstorms, um, as catastrophe insurance adjusters, but also as a ministry. Um, we were trained as first responders. Um, probably, I mean, I didn't even have my boys yet. It's probably been 10 years ago. We were trained as reservists through a ministry here in, in uh, Nashville, Tennessee. Awesome. So. It began as a ministry and it went into a profession. And so, but we, we actually met on the mission field. Daniel and I, when I was 17. So we really have a heart to so help. So you guys um, started out serving, serving the father together. Yeah, that's our heart. We really, um, and I think this is part of the journey. I think this is why the enemy has attacked me in the area that he mm-hmm. has, that we'll talk about in a minute. But 
just responding to other people's catastrophes and a heart to serve in that area. It's like the enemy wanted to get me in that same right. area, you know, and right. cause catastrophe right. in my life. So. Awesome. Awesome. So, you know, you and I, we started coaching, like, how long has it been? Has it been like three years, maybe-ish? Um, I know that we ended a year ago. So, and then we we canceled for a year. Right. So we began two years gotcha. ago. Gotcha. Yeah, about two years ago. So, and you know, you're quite the overcomer. So you were just persevering and um, doing really, like, just doing life and pressing through. And what happened? What happened? You know, what happened that you ended up like seeking some additional support? Well, it just began to become too much. Um, like I, we have a very stressful lifestyle and circumstances come like waves, you know, mm -hmm. and if you're trying to react out of your own strength and what, you know, mm -hmm. and see, I have like, I have a large fellowship, but we're just gone a lot. Um, and we also live two hours away from it. So I don't have people here giving me direct feedback and really people to do life with besides my family who I'm with mm -hmm. you know, all the time. So mm -hmm. I was becoming like I was just kind of festering in my own stress and anxiety and responding incorrectly, you know, getting angry or just shutting down or becoming physically sick. And I really just didn't want to walk that anymore. I didn't want to respond to my family, not out of love and not out of patience and, you know, I just don't want to be unavailable for my kids when I have a breakdown because I'm just overwhelmed. Wow. That's my response. Wow. I just shut down. Um, <clears throat> so I knew I needed help. And then also I'm dealing with autoimmune disease, which really exacerbates that. Um, there's days where mm -hmm. I'm just on the couch or in bed anyways. And then there's still those stressful situations just crashing in on mm -hmm. you because it's life. Mm -hmm. But we also have, you know, very unstable lifestyle. We move, I think we've moved 15 times in 15 years plus the camper life, which was sometimes we'd move every day for a year. Um, and, just and when you don't have a rhythm, it's a, it's, a, it's a lot. Yeah. And so when your body doesn't have a rhythm and when you can't see the near future and you definitely can't see the far future, you begin to like develop anxiety because you don't know what to expect. So you're always on alert. And so my body was just living off adrenaline and reacting. Mm -hmm. And so I was very reactive and you put it one way. I was just putting out fires everywhere oh, around man. me and they were just bursting back up, bursting back up. And I said, I know this isn't what the father has for me. This is not the way that we're supposed to walk. So not that my situation was necessarily going to change, but I needed to learn how to change in my situation. Mm -hmm. So I knew I needed help and I knew I needed wisdom mm -hmm. on how to walk through Hallelujah. that. Hallelujah. So your challenge, so you're basically your challenge or just life in general became so overwhelming yeah. that in, I know you're a swimmer, like you are such a swimmer, but it was like trying to drown you. you know? And yeah. you was getting your oh, head yeah. up a little bit to catch your breath and then it would take you back down. And um, yeah. you were surviving, definitely not thriving. Right. And you knew that that wasn't the will of the father because you had his words stored up in you. Right. Right. Oh, dude, right. Yeah. Well, let's do this. Yeah. Let's just take a moment. Let's pray. And then let's just, let's break down these challenges for the listener to see, you know, so maybe they can identify with what you're going through and, and hopefully this will encourage them on their journey. Oh yeah. I think this is a pandemic in itself, right? right? In America, we stress and anxious. So. All right. So let's pray. Father, we thank you and we praise you. We thank you for this podcast and we thank you for the listener and we thank you for our testimonies. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father, that you do allow challenges in our life, Father, so that we can see you, so that we can call upon you and so that we can testify to your goodness, Father. And so, Father, we just pray that you would be glorified in, the, in this podcast, that, that indeed there would be listeners that would be encouraged that any listener that might have been that might be sitting down right now that um, feels like they can't get back up, that Alicia's testimony would encourage them to get up. And and maybe it's someone that actually needs support and they've been thinking they can just do it on their own. Maybe that's going to be an encourager for them. Or maybe it's a tool they need to hear. So, Father, we just welcome you into this time of uh, podcasting today and we just pray that you would be glorified in your beloved son's name we pray and we thank thee and give you the glory hallelujah hallelujah mm -hmm. all right so uh alicia i don't think you told the listeners how old you are do you mind sharing your age 
Not at all. I'm 37. Okay. I'm getting grays. <laughs> Start, I'm getting grays. I'm officially going yeah, over. Grown. 37. Right. So 37, married mama, homeschooler, entrepreneur, herbalist, and a zillion other things. Um, a zillion other things. Like you, yeah. <laughs> I remember seeing you on Facebook and seeing like when you were camper living. And I was like, I want to be your kid because you guys would go different places. Oh, it was a blast. Yeah. I did love it. I yeah. do miss it. I didn't want to be the adult. Yeah. I wanted to be the child. I wanted to be, you know, <laughs> can we just go, Mom? Not the one changing the tires on the exactly. side of the interstate, right? The ones inside the camper. Yeah, waiting. that's not the fun part. So, no. <laughs> yeah, so, okay, where do we want to start? You know, we, we identified three challenges that you wrestled with, and one was anxiety, the other one was stress, and then bitterness. So, Bitterness. bitterness. Let's start with bitterness then. Let's talk about that. Um, okay. So how did you, like a lot of times people don't even know that they are bitter. Okay. Mm -hmm. How did you even recognize that bitterness was operating? Um, I felt like I wasn't being given or, you know, had the opportunity to even have a stable life. Like I didn't have a choice Ooh. in that. So bitterness about situation in your life. Yeah, I was being handed something for 15 years straight, mind you. This wasn't like temporary mm -hmm. thing. Um, it might have been since I got married. Right. My husband and I are just—he's an artist, right? Um, he just—he's on a different. He stays up till 4 a.m. You know, I'm a 9 a.m. Yeah, different schedules. So, um, and then when you add children to that, and like the mama is always trying to make a home Great stability. Right. Mm -hmm. And I would be setting up home and trying to make, you know, a comfortable place for my kids. And then as soon as I got the boxes unpacked, time to go. Let's go. Mm -hmm. You know, we moved every year for years and years. Oh, wow. And then we just oh, wow. sold everything. We went from a 40 acre homestead into a camper and we had to sell everything. Um, and it was fun, but it was just like me as a mom, I wanted to create that stable place for my kids and for myself and just, you know, that's our, like, it's in us to create a home. And I wasn't being given that opportunity. And so I began to become resentful and bitter towards my husband mm -hmm. um, and not following his lead anymore. Cause I was just like, you know, your lead is making me sick. <laughs> you know, I, but um, it's, it was a challenge of just like, okay, you need to follow your husband and, and just trust the father that he's leading um, and then also I became resentful towards my kids in a sense, because, mm -hmm. um, cause they were just always there. And like, I would just be tired and maybe like, they don't care. Don't make your sandwich. Like you are care. old enough to make a sandwich and you know, and they just be like, well, ah, it's the, you know, it's just, so I be, I noticed that I was starting to be very prickly towards my own family to keep them. That was how I kept my distance. Cause we live in such close mm -hmm. quarters I stopped becoming like loving. I didn't even give my kids hugs. I was just like, Oh my you're gosh, you're still it. here in the morning. You're you know, you wake up and they're still there. I was just like, I don't want to feel like this. How long did it take you to get there? Cause bitterness doesn't just usually happen overnight. No, it definitely grew over time. Um, I think, I think just as my anxiety and stress came to a head, I wasn't able to deal with everybody else's stuff. You know what I mean? And that's when it's just like, when is it ever going to be time where I can breathe a little bit? And I started just becoming self-focused, uh -huh. you know? Um, uh -huh. And it was very easy to do because it had been so long. I felt like I had been serving for so long and just giving and just following. Oh, yeah. And it got to the wow. point where I was like, I don't want to follow anymore. I, I need to stay put. I need some stakes in the ground. And, um, and I want to get back to the place where I want to wake up in the morning again and see all you people and I can respond to you with love and not be like, just get out of my face, you know, cause I, I need to breathe and I need, you know, I need to heal. So I just wasn't getting that. Um, I wasn't getting that, the opportunity to even read scriptures. You know, I, I'd go, I'd wake up 5am Well, everybody'd wake up with me. Oh, mom is awake. Let's all wake oh, up. I know. You know, I'd wake up in the middle of the night just to, to try to read scriptures. But I, I don't do well with that. I'd be trying to read on my phone and, you know, I'm just like not. I like the paper book. I like the paper kind where I can highlight and make notes and stuff. And I don't do well, like, getting up in the middle of the night. I even tried. I didn't sleep all night last night. 
I have surgery coming up and I'm like getting anxious about it, right? (laughs) Or just thinking what life's going to be like after that. But um, even just trying to pray through the middle of the night, I think I'd get like two sentences in. I'm like, Father, just thank you for being here. Just thank you for that you're holding every situation in your hand. Oh, I wonder how so-and-so is doing. You know, it's just like my mind skips and jumps unless I have that designated place and time um, where I can really dig in and focus. I'm not good at just like people say, oh, just pray when you can't sleep. I'm not good at that. My mind just goes. So I think that's what led to it, you know, just not being grounded in the scriptures um, and not getting that like daily truth. And just festering in my my own wrong perspective. You know, you say you became self-focused, but when you and I met, met, you were very into like you were in that wounded place where you know when when anyone gets wounded, they're usually licking their wound. Especially they've been wounded long enough, they're licking it and they're crying. But you were still not your feelings. You may have been focused on your feelings and your situation. But you still, on the exterior, you were still putting, you were still taking care of everybody else. And you, you know, even though you were self-focused, you weren't self-focused. Like you were not a priority. Well, I just, I mean, self-focused in a way that like, when my responses become a wrong Mm -hmm. response, that's because I am speaking something that's incorrect to myself. You know what I mean? Like if you're not acting out of love and patience and really the fruits of the Mm -hmm. spirit, it's because you're not being fed the proper food right. and right. living water is what I'm saying. You know, so self-focused as I was just kind of festering in my own thoughts. And that's when I needed to get them mm-hmm. out. And I was saying earlier when we were talking, it's like I needed a soundboard. I needed to be able to get those things up and out because what's in your heart comes out. And and that's what your speech is. And I was just going, this speech is incorrect. So what's in my heart is incorrect. I need to say something to somebody who will mm-hmm. listen who's wise mm-hmm. and discreet, you know, you don't just go slandering to everybody. You don't just go splattering Not everywhere. Yeah. You have to really pray and ask the father who he has for you, who that person is. And for me, it was mm-hmm. you. And I knew that for sure. Mm-hmm. And so I called you and I said, I just need like a soundboard. I need to um, get positive feedback, not just positive feedback, scriptural wisdom to change the perspective of what was in my heart about my situation and rewire my brain, rewire my responses and stop responding to the situations around me in the incorrect response. You know, um, if we're not responding to a situation, how Yeshua would respond. And I know like most of us don't, you know, um, consistently, but, but there should still be patience and love and kindness Mm -hmm in a place for other people. And when there's not, there's something wrong that needs to be healed. And I recognize that. Yeah. And I remember you like having, you were not okay with the way you were feeling, you know, like sometimes people, they justify their bitterness and their resentment and they're just being ugly and you could have justified it. I mean, you had justification in the sense of like, wait a minute, it's been 15 years. I've had instability I have been supporting, um, supporting my, my family, like, you know, being that person for them. And I, you know, I'm, you know, you had health issues, you had, you know, challenges with the kids, challenges with even just like with married life, just challenges. So you could have justified and be like, you know what, this is enough. I'm just done. Cause that's, that's how people get divorced or whatever. Right. What happens after you're done, though? You have to choose your difficult, you know? And you took some responsibility. I feel like we need to say that, you know, to the listeners. Like, listen, even if you are literally going through a little personal hell right now, take your power. And, you know, that's what what you did. You, like, and now some things you were taking too much. I'm like, Alicia, put that down. That doesn't belong to you. (laughs) You did say that a few times. (laughs) But take personal responsibility. Okay, what part of this do I own? And that was what we identified. Like, wait a minute, I, I own my thoughts and my response and my personal mm-hmm. spiritual life, right? Mm-hmm. No excuses there, right? That, that was one of the things right. I challenged. I'm like, no excuses. Make this happen. This is important. Mm-hmm. Like getting back into that prayer space and, and, and just really focusing on scripture. And you did it. Yeah. You did it. Yeah. My goodness. You look so much healthier. You know, you did it. Oh, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Yeah. Um, 
and you know, I remember when we first got together, like even because that bitterness was just everywhere and it was distorting your perception. You remember that? Like mm -hmm. how you would see yeah. things yeah, and it was distorting it. Mm -hmm. uh, and we did talk about important conversations. Remember, like I would say, Alicia, like don't just push this thing down, like address right. it. Because right. I think that's kind of like that kind of probably compounded some of your challenges because you weren't having some important conversations. Do you remember that? Yeah. Or when right. you tried to have them, it would it didn't turn out like you thought it should have. So you're like, well, why even do that? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when you had me start writing things down is, is actually one of the notes that mm -hmm. I made that really helped because when it's just left to your own thoughts, they become lost. They become muddled. They become confused. And you're, you're thinking the same things over and over. It's just like when you're making a grocery list or if you don't, you're like, okay, I need milk, bread, light bulbs, yes. you know, and then you get to the store and you're like, oh my gosh, what did I need? Well, I knew there was five things. What was it? Same thing in your brain. If you write it down, it makes room. Mm -hmm. It makes room. Mm -hmm. I needed to get room. I need to make room in my heart for the father's word. And I need to make room in my mind and get all that clutter out. So when you had me start writing things down, you, the first thing you told me to write down, I think it was week two, you said, don't, you said, go seek the vision, but do not seek it out of your own strength. You, you pray, you stop and don't have an expectation of what that vision is going to be because it might be completely different than what you thought it was going to be. Seek the father's vision. And so we started there and sure enough, it was, it wasn't what I thought, you know, and I said, well, that's kind of a small vision, but really walking it out was not a small mm -hmm. vision, you know, walking mm -hmm. something out because me, we're big dreamers. That's how my husband and I, we're big mm -hmm. dreamers. And so mm -hmm. a vision for me is just like this grandiose thing. So when he gave me a vision this big and I was like, what, you know, it was a lot harder to walk that little vision out than I thought. He said, you need a baby step right now. You can't handle huge. You need, you need something manageable that you can celebrate when you get there. Um, so when I started writing down, I even wrote down prayers. I would actually go to my uh, laptop and I would just sit there and just pray and write the prayer down um, so that later I can go back to it and be like, wow, I forgot I was even praying about that. And that was answered like two weeks ago. And I didn't even, I just, it skipped over or writing down the challenges, um, writing down what I felt needed to come up and out, even if it was ugly, the father's not surprised by that he already knows our hearts you don't have to worry about shoving it down and hiding it from him at all mm -hmm. you know and if you do you're only hurting yourself and you're only impeding that relationship with the father and with others and so when I started writing these things down and just saying father these are the sins that I see in my life these are the wrong thoughts you know this is my vision I sacrifice it to you this is my husband's vision I sacrifice it to you these are my children mm -hmm. wrote it all down. I've, I started to just, it started to flush, like flush out what had been stagnant and festering for so long. And that makes room for like that living water to start flowing. Right. And then the more right. truth you ingest, whether it be scriptures or even um, just godly counsel or worship, you know, as you're worshiping and soaking in that um, good fellowship, whatever it is, surrounding yourself with him and like ingesting his things as you're purging what isn't of him. I think that was paramount to right. me is writing it down and getting it out. Right. And that was one of the things we talked about was um, just what the anxiety, which we'll go into is like, you had a lot of thoughts. Like I remember like, thoughts. your thoughts were, you said I had a small filter and then I was like, you just nailed it on the head. I have a very small filter. It was backing up. <laughs> <laughs> like we had congestion. Yes. We had some serious congestion. Yes. And uh, I remember like, I'm like, you, you need to like, you need to see what you're really dealing with. And uh, you mm -hmm. wrote it down and you that was like a purge. Like things just started to flow um, like yeah. they needed to flow. Hallelujah for that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and, and the other part with that writing things down is you start to get encouraged over a course of time. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and I know a lot of people are like, well, Anna, I'm just not a journaler. But I'm like, you, if you're not journaling in some way, way, shape or form, you're missing out on something. You really are yeah, missing out on something. It's true. Even I found my journal from from 20, 
19 years ago, I found my journal. I lived in South America. I was a missionary and I opened it and I started reading it to my kids. And they were just like, that was you. And it was amazing. We were talking about um, dealing with, we were in a leper camp. Um, We were serving the lepers in Brazil. We were dealing with trafficked children. We were dealing with the murders of 15 teenagers who were, I mean, we were dealing with crazy things Mm -hmm. um, and just out there evangelizing and and serving people. And I felt like I was reading somebody else's like book, you know, it's like, that is not. And my kids are just like, whoa, I don't even like recognize that. And it's amazing because if I were writing down the last my whole journey this whole time. Cause I quit writing like when Nadia was born, she's 13 now. I stopped writing a long time mm. ago because the more kids mm. you add, it's like, Oh, time to write, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but it's so important if you can find that time, because when you go back and you read those things, you can really, it's like the, um, it's just following the journey that the father's given you and who was in your life and what you were. Th- Cause when I read the journal from 18 years ago, I don't remember any of that stuff. I don't remember how I felt. I don't remember when I was praying. I was even praying over marrying my husband, like how that whole yeah. journey unfolded. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't even remember that, you know? Um, so it's pretty paramount to to try to keep those. Yeah, things. and so that, um, you know, it was seeping out everywhere. You know, like it had been like, it had been, it started just slowly started adding and then it was compounding and then it started seeping out. It was biting the children, biting the husband, chewing on you, right? Because then you'd be like, I hate the way I feel. I hate the way that I'm thinking. And then, you know, I think you even might have said that you were like a bad person or something. Like when you were talking to him, like, you're like, Mm -hmm. I shouldn't be feeling this way. And I'm like, this is not you. Remember, I we talked about like you not identifying with that bitterness. Right. Right. Um, and that, you know, because a lot of times people think, well, I'm just a bad person because I'm experiencing bitterness. No, you probably are lacking some validation, you know, like, you know, um, where maybe you, you feel like you're not being heard. Nobody sees you. Uh, and that may very well be. That true. was a big issue. May very well. Be I felt true. invisible for sure. Invisible. Right. I still kind of feel like that. I lost in this shuffle out here. I don't know. I still kind of feel like that, honestly. Like, I'm not seen, I'm not heard, but I'm just here helping. Right. And we did talk about, like, even how, like, journaling sometimes validates your situation. Like, no, it is real. Yeah. Because um, yeah. I do remember some of those conversations. It was, like, almost like I was having conversation uh, conversations with two people with two different perspectives. Maybe three people. Because you'd be like, <laughs> you, were telling me the, you were telling me the right perspective according to what the word Is there says. a clinical word for that? <laughs> no. Not call me schizo. Uh, but it just shows like those thoughts, like if we don't write them down, we can't see them or we don't have a sounding board. We're just like on this hamster wheel. And those thoughts just mm-hmm. keep, and your wheel was going fast. I remember that. It was just like, and you were just yeah. worn out. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, you had the, you were telling me what the word said and the correct response. And you were telling me kind of where you were. And then there was lies that were also speaking to you about your situation and your perspective. And um, yeah. that journaling helps because I, I think it was you. It may have been someone else, but I, I have this conversation quite often. But it was like when that bitterness was creeping into the marriage, I probably, if I remember correctly, it asked you, well, do you feel like your marriage was a divine appointment? Do you feel like this? Yeah, you yeah. asked. I'm yeah. like, do you feel like this is, you know, who the father has for you? And, and, and you know, it was like, yeah. I'm like, well, then why yeah. are we bitter? Because we know it's all going to work out. Yeah. Like, Human plus human, you have to have that three strand cord. You have to have the father in the middle of a relationship. And, it, you know, I think that's what had happened is we just become so busy and focused on other things. And if you're not both looking at the father and that's the glue between you, then you're going to fall oh, apart. Yeah. It's not like a maybe you're going to fall mm-hmm. apart. Um, and we mm-hmm. even said that in our ma- marriage vows standing up. Let us always be part of that three strand right. cord. And let him always be what holds us together. And the few times that he wasn't just because we became distracted, we almost didn't make it. And so I know for sure. I mean, I see these people around us, um, people I would have never, ever thought, you know, are splitting up after 20 plus years getting divorced. It's like, how does this happen? It's so heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. And Daniel and I decided that divorce was not going to be a word in our vocabulary at the beginning. It could have happened lots of times. With every marriage I know yeah. of, right? 
even the ones yeah. that look so pretty and polished. I know, like you see later things come out and you're like, wow, I had no idea. Right. And I like people know, um, like just because you go in, actually people think, oh, I'm in covenant. Like I came before the father with this person. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, you know, what I was telling uh, my husband just not too long ago is it's like the father revealed to me is like, you made a covenant and mm-hmm. my word is tested and it's, mm-hmm. it is put to the test. Like the world will come to test it. You know, the father will allow it to be tested to see that if it's true and authentic. And I said, our marriage has been tested and we have yeah. endured. We've been through some bumpy roads too together. So, you know, for, for the listener that's like, well, my marriage is uh, a mess or this or that, or even if they say it's perfect, um, beware. Because if you truly are in covenant, you're going to actually come up with this more than the unbeliever. I'm just saying, like, if you really decided that you were going to make a covenant before the father, that covenant is going to be tried to see if it's authentic. Yeah. And, um, yeah. you know, kids, the more stress you have, the more impact it makes on the on the on mm-hmm. the marriage. You know, And so, mm-hmm. you know, Twink and I just decided divorce was not an option. We didn't get married to get right. divorced. Now, granted, there are some times that maybe you're not really married to a believer and, you know, like in abusive situations and things like that. But yeah. everything else, we just have to endure in love, you know? Yeah. And I would say there's a lot of people who really don't understand what covenant yeah. is, even believers. And if you're listening to this and going, well, we made vows and we got married and we stood up there in front of a preacher, you really need to learn what covenant is, Um there was a time that I thought, I can't do this anymore. I've got to go. I have got to go. It didn't seem like he wanted to be there anyways. He was living his life and I was living mine, yeah. hanging on for your life. And as soon as I started thinking that, the father is the weirdest thing. I'm going to say this. Maybe somebody's going to understand. It was the weirdest thing. He gave me a sound. Every time I thought, I'm going to leave, the father put a sound so deep in my heart. And it was like the foundations of the earth were cracking and it was it was deep it was like that base that you feel like I just felt like I can't even describe it but imagine the the deep foundations of the earth cracking beneath your feet and feeling like this shift Mm. in this crack in this um irreparable break and he would give me that sound in my spirit Mm. and say you don't even realize what you're saying you don't even realize how deep these foundations go and that sound like saved me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was oh, amazing. Yeah. The father can use anything. Yeah, and the thing is, um, yeah, but it's covenants it, deep, it, it, covenants well, deeper than vows. And his word tells us that he um, that he will give us a way of escape. You know, so that was your way yeah. of escape. Like the enemy was probably your flesh was probably tired and wanted wanted comfort. You, you the enemy was probably at you throwing lies at you. And you were resisting, but when you you know resisting, sometimes you get to that point where you're like. You're ready to fold, but he gave you a way of escape. Yeah. That was that sound. Like he, it was the weirdest yeah. thing. I can still hear it today. And like, it's almost like now if I get mad at my husband, I hear, you know, you don't even, you don't mess with this. You it's don't even think those thoughts. Sacred. Yeah. It's not an option. It's not, it's not an option. And we're raising our children. There's that verse in Malachi that said, um, I'm not going to quote it right, but like marrying the wife of your youth. And why did he put you together to raise godly children? And, that's like a huge goal. It's so not easy no. raising yeah. children um, and raising children in these mm-hmm. days with all the influences, mm-hmm. with the social media and just trying to keep them focused on the word um, and understanding his principles. Those are, it's hard. And especially when you're so distracted and you're so busy, even just sitting down to read a mm-hmm. book or do the Torah mm-hmm. portion or keep Shabbat properly. Mm-hmm. Like it's so hard to slow down. Um, and really guard that time and protect that time and just raising them by example is not easy. And I know that there's a lot of families. I can think of like 10 families right now that are struggling so hard just with the day to day, but there's something I I need to say. It's like, um, I also see those same people just hiding, like, like I'm not going to show people that I'm hurting. I'm not going to show people that I need help. I'm not going to show people that my marriage is weak. And again, you don't go splattering that everywhere, but you pray about the person or the people that you need to go to. Sometimes if it's your marriage, seek the most godly couple that you know, somebody elderly, somebody uh, wise, somebody who's gone through the hardships in a marriage or raising mm-hmm. a family. Even for single people, I know um, this, this isn't like a marriage you know, topic, but 
just if you're hurting and if you if you need help, don't try to cover it up because like every single one of us, if you're breathing, then you're struggling right. in some way. You're you. Right. We, we all have to learn how to overcome, but you can't learn to be an overcomer if you're just trying to hide and put on masks. And that's mm-hmm. something like when I came mm-hmm. to you, um, I was ready just to unzip, yeah. you know, and you're ready. like tired. this you're is who ready. I am. This is the ugly. This is the ugly. This is the the wicked. This is the sin. This is you know, it's okay to go to somebody and divulge those things because if they're the right person, um, because the father's going to use that person to help you. And why not? You know, you, you have to get out of your situation somehow. You can't just stew in it and stay there. One of the things that we did discover with your coaching is that you were, res- you were resisting your challenges because you're a problem solver. And so you were trying mm-hmm. to solve your problems, the kids' problems, the husband's problem, life's problems, your friends' problems. Just like you were, you had a bat and you were beating it at everything. Yeah, yeah. And do you remember yeah. what I told you to do, like with like your challenges, instead of trying to solve them? Embrace, embrace them because you were just trying to make them embrace go away. My porcupine. Right, and, and I said, <laughs> embrace your porcupine because I'm like, so what if it makes you bleed? I'm like, you take that ugly thing and you bring it, you draw it in and you bring it under submission uh, to the word and you embrace it and you endure and then you overcome. Uh, Because the reality of of your situation was, is there was a lot of things you couldn't change. Right. And that stressed you out. Like that was part of your stress, not, you know, like between your health and just like um, the day-to-day living and just kids in general. Like if you have a, you're a planner as well. And when the kids weren't getting with the program, which anybody at home school right. and, or just household stuff Understood. knows, yeah, you know, kids will always, I mean, they, 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 they need structure, but they resist structure, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. That's for sure. Try to throw a wrench yeah, in it. <laughs> and uh, I was like, just stop trying to fix everything. So for the fixer, yeah. like, you know, this is fixing, embracing, embracing. Now, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. There are some things that we need to address, but you right. just accepted some challenges. You mm-hmm. accepted them. You like this yeah. is the reality. Not being afraid of challenges is a huge thing because challenges are going to be there whether you plan on it or not. You know, things are going to come up. They're not going to stop until the day that you die. There's going to be something that you're challenged with, and sometimes they're they're mm-hmm. huge, and sometimes it looks like I can't get through this. But um, not being afraid of those challenges. It's like when I'm having uh, a peaceful time in my life and things are going well. It's not like I'm welcoming problems, but you know something's coming and you just have to prepare your heart. You have to say, okay, we're, we're about to enter into a season again because it's been quiet for too long. And that's not how life goes. You know, you have to, you have to strengthen yourself in that time of refreshing and not sit there welcoming things and not being like, okay, I'm expecting it, but just be ready for the next challenge with fully armed, you know, don't, don't take those times of, refreshing and of, of downtime and become lax right. Um, right. because challenges are coming. And so that's one thing that I've learned between the year ago that we stopped and today, um, even with this surgery coming up, like that is so against, like, I know people are just like, I have to remove my thyroid is what happened. Like I've been waiting five years. I think 2017, it popped up and it's literally just like, taken me down, taken me down. And I've given five years of just natural, 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 went to California to a naturopath. I went, you know, North Carolina to spent money, done this stuff and, and just waited on the father and what his will was. And again, going through that bitterness of like, father, you know, what in the world, like, why aren't you healing me? Right. Yeah. Like what else can I possibly do? What is this? Is it spiritual warfare I need to enter into that? Um, generational curses I need to battle against is this, I'm not doing my part. I'm not, you know, and, and this has led to surgery. And I just like, I felt I had to go through this challenge of like failure, you know, in one way, I'm like, okay, it's not failure. He's not like punishing me, you know, but this is what he's handed me. Like the solution at this point because it chokes me. I can't breathe. It's like bigger than my, it's wrapped around the sides. It goes under my collarbones. It's like, I can't wait anymore. Mm-hmm. So actually tomorrow, mm-hmm. um, first thing in the morning, I'm going to meet with the surgeon 
And that's just, it's been hard. It's been my porcupine right now. And I'm having to embrace it and say, okay, father, um, you know, like this is totally against who I am is to walk into a doctor's office and say, cut it out. But he's like saying, just trust me, you know, and I'm like, okay, like, I don't even understand it. I don't know what went wrong, you know, mm-hmm. but I'm having to embrace it. Mm-hmm. I'm having to embrace it. And it's, it's prickly. I don't like it at all. Right. <laughs> I don't want to go under anesthesia. I've had a really uh, bad experience with anesthesia and I'm like, you know, I'm battling that fear again of having that same experience. And he's like, just trust me, just trust me, just put this in my hands. And so I'm currently going through an overcomer situation. I just um, nursed two of my family members through a near death COVID situation last mm-hmm. week. I had to go rescue them out of the state they were in. And uh, one of them almost oh. died. And mm-hmm. they've been in my home. And uh, it's been a scary couple weeks, right. <laughs> you know. Um, so there's just things, you know, current situations that I'm using all these tools that I was given and practicing them, you know, and I feel like I have been rewired. You know, I needed like a good year. It took a year to really untwist what was twisted and make these straight paths and these, these correct responses. But, um, right. Um, yeah, I just, I feel like challenges aren't something that I run from anymore. It's like, it's part of life. It's part of who we're called to. He says we're more than ever overcomers. And um, I recognize when I need help now and I have people around me that, you know, I can really have carry me through things and pray with me and things like that. So you've yeah. been, well, and I do remember like the, the reality of it is, is that the longer that we postpone dealing with a challenge or an issue, the missier the ball of yarn becomes. And I remember when you were talking, I'm like, okay, this is a messy ball of yarn. So we're going to find you because all these things have tangled around you, you know, um, just because, you know, you have this issue and this issue, just life, just life stuff. Yeah. And it was like not fully, things were not fully resolved. And then of course, childhood wounds always try to, they always come up. And so we were like yeah. trying to, you can live there. You can live in those wounds. I, yeah. yeah. Wear that cloak of victim. You can die with that cloak of victim on. And that's another, you you have got to lay that down. <laughs> yeah. So then it's like, yeah. I'm like, this is going to take patience. Like, we're going to have to just like get you. We had, we had to like pull all that yarn and find out where's Alicia, mm. you know, and here you are. Here you are. Yeah. Overcoming. Yeah. Still overcoming, still challenged. Always. Always, right? So it's not like I've overcome and I'm done. No, like that was good practice. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'm living it today, and I'm living it tomorrow, and yeah. things are still coming. And but it's it's how we deal with them, and then walk with the father through those things. Right. Yeah, and you know the, yeah. the, the clients that I've coached for a long time, and they call me and they tell me, you know, a new like maybe they just you know they coach with me for a long time, and they're just like something comes up, and they need they need to process, they need to, that sounding board again. Mm-hmm. They need, they need help strat, like coming up with a strategy. Um, you know, yeah. they'll bring that challenge and I'm like, well, if it, you know, if it wasn't this, it'd be something else. So let's just deal with it. Yeah. You know, like yeah, uh, not allowing yeah. your challenges to become bigger than what they need to be. Mm-hmm. You know, like when, mm-hmm. when we're like, oh my goodness, this is so terrible. Like, no, make it, make your challenge small by, you know, yeah. bringing it. Uh, bringing it underneath the father. When you bring it underneath him, everything gets small. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Hallelujah. All right. So for the sake of time, we've covered bitterness. Um, and so let's, and we, we've talked about kind of, we've talked about some of that stress, the stress of your health challenge with the autoimmune and the, the thyroid. And you even had like a near death experience with the, with when giving birth to your last son. And that took a lot of recovery <laughs> time. I don't feel like we've done any justice on your um, your health challenges, your health challenges. But you're, but yeah. but I do remember us talking about like with your health challenges. I'm like, this is an opportunity mm-hmm. because you know you very. We talked about all these strengths that you had, and I said, with this humbles you, like this slows you down and and brings you to that like that that true. Uh, humility of like, wait a minute, this is too big for me. 
-hmm. And we talked about, okay, yeah, like this, I've hit my brick wall. Yeah. And um, that, but what that did was it just drew you into closer relationship with the father, right? Yeah. And maturity, like you grew in some areas. Oh, yeah. I think that's um, important is to keep moving forward. You know, a lot of people are afraid of change. Mm. Even if they're stuck in their situation, they don't see the way out. But they're so afraid of change that they don't want to move forward in any direction. And so they're so stuck. Um, And I had become, I'm like I said, when I get overwhelmed and stressed, I shut down. And even when I'm tired, like yesterday, I remember saying, I sat by my fireplace and I was ready just to stay there. Like I had a ton of stuff to do and I was tired and I was overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And I sat down by the fireplace and I said out loud, I said, you can't stay here. You have got to get up and you have got to keep going. You have things to Uh do. And it's Uh almost like you need to treat life that way. You cannot stay here. You have got to get up and you've got to move forward. And you just pray the father's direction. And sometimes you might mess up. Like you might take a step in the wrong direction. Just come mm-hmm. back, you know, reshift, but you can't stay there. Um, and so I've stopped shutting down and not dealing with things and saying, we've got to move forward. Cause he says, I will go through the fire with you through the deep waters. He doesn't say, I'm going to stand there with yeah. you and watch yeah. them. You know, you have to walk through those things. Mm-hmm. You don't stand in the fire and become burned. Right. Um, but he protects us as we walk through when we move forward and he, he carries us through those things. But, um, yeah, I'm just trying to keep moving forward, but that's, you know, when you're moving forward, even if you're completely overwhelmed, like you find that the situation eventually lessens, you know, if you're going to stay there, it does overwhelm you and over overcomes you instead of you overcoming the situation. And so moving forward is huge. Oh, yeah. Not sitting in the mud bus. Uh, yeah. Uh, now, the other thing that we talked about was anxiety. So you're, I would say your anxiety was co- complex because it wasn't mm-hmm. like sometimes anxiety is, you know, um, just thoughts. But yours was you had, it was actually fueled by your your ill like your thyroid your thyroid issue was actually making your anxiety you know mm-hmm. stress can cause life can cause anxiety stress can cause anxiety of course the enemy causes anxiety but then you had mm-hmm. a body that was like it loved to absorb anxiety like it was like yeah it creates yeah, exactly. anxiety so people with autoimmune conditions can relate i mean the more people know what I'm dealing with, the more people reach out to me and they're like, you are describing exactly what I'm living. It's crazy. Just your body. What happens with autoimmune is your own body is attacking itself. It's like, of course you're going to be anxious, you know? Um, but what had happened, you, you went back to when I had my son, um, I had him, he's my fourth, uh, home birth, unassisted home birth. And the birth went fantastic. Um, until it didn't right. right. Uh, right. afterwards I ended up bleeding out, um, to death. You know, I, I lost pulse. I lost breath. Um, and a neighbor who was a believer came over and my husband was there and that was it. And they prayed over me and I ended up coming back. And I remember where I was. I remember just being enveloped in like total peace and darkness and going, Oh, I'm finally resting. I'm just resting. Just leave me alone. I'm resting. There was nothing except for like this peaceful darkness. And I remember hearing a voice far, 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 far away. Come back, come back. Just sobbing, come back. And um, I woke up in my husband's arms and he, he thought, you know, I was gone. And so I was, he just don't leave me. Don't leave me. He was holding me. And all I could say is, why did you wake me up? I was finally resting. I felt like life had finally just, I was finally able to this beautiful rest. Why did you wake me up? So I I was fine. (laughs) No, well, don't leave me. So I, I was okay for, it was a sketchy, like two weeks. You know, I had lost so much blood. I couldn't lift my arms. I was in a wheelchair. Um, but I was fine emotionally. I was fine for a while. Three months into it, we went to Sukkot. We were at the Feast of Tabernacles and I started having these like, major it looked like seizures but it wasn't they checked my brain it wasn't seizures but I was just I would just go like this my eyes would roll back in my head and I'd pass out 
and I'd become unresponsive completely. So something was going really wrong. We didn't figure out what it was. And then this dread and anxiety and hopelessness and darkness and manic and panic. I mean, all the gates of hell mentally, they were on me. I was, I was there. I was somewhere else. I wasn't myself at all. Um, some major imbalance had come in and I didn't know what it was for months. I, I even had to move out of my house. I would just pace. I was up for 72 hours pacing, just so terrified of the air. I mean, I was, it was insane. Every single thing terrified me. Um, I would like chew on my mattress cause I didn't know what else to do. I would, it was, it was scary. Um, and I feel so bad for so many people who don't realize what that could be, but I, the father led me to what it was, but I, I've moved out um, of my house and my parents were being taken, uh, my parents, my, my children were being taken care of by my pastor. They moved in with our pastor for a while. And um, I moved in with a family who had, the wife had gone through this. She understood she was in a 747 crash and then she was gored by a bull. Oh. And then this oh. happened to her. She shut down oh. and she just started going manic. So she understood what I was going through um, and she tried to help me. And then some person came up to me after months of dealing with this months. And they said, have you gotten your minerals checked? And I was like, no, get out of here with your minerals. That's not what this is. This is something major, you know? Well, sure Mm -hmm. enough, I got my minerals checked. It's like a hair test. Mm -hmm. And um, because when I bled out, I guess I had lost minerals that cause your brain to function and I'd become toxic um, trying to build my blood back up with chlorophyll mm-hmm. and other things, plant iron, I had become toxic in copper, which made me go insane. And then I had become, there was no traceable of ma- amount of three of the minerals that cause your brain to work. So um, I started working with somebody who helped me after six days of taking the minerals that I was missing. I was back to myself. Oh, yeah. It was, it was amazing. So, um, but after that, I had the residual, like, trauma exactly. and exactly. fear. I was so traumatized. And so for another year, even though I was, like, mentally rebalanced, I was so twisted up in where I had just come mm-hmm. out of. I felt like I had gone down to the pits of hell. And I was scared and I was terrified. And I was worried it was exactly. going to happen again. And I'd still wake up with this dread and this just this terror. And I, I didn't know how to deal with anything anymore. And I had died. And I remember thinking, um, it was so easy to die. It, that was so easy. I was fine one second and I was gone mm-hmm. the next And life. I felt immortal before that. I felt young after I died and I came back, I felt right. mortal <laughs> and I felt old. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I am just at this. I was, I was so scared of death after that. We'd be driving, I'm like, I'm going to die. We're going to crash right now. You know, I'd be driving past a gas station. It's going to blow up. We're going to die. I was totally wired incorrectly at Mm -hmm. that point. And so fear and anxiety and fear and anxiety and autoimmune went off the charts. You know, my whole body was thrown into chaos. And so all on all fronts, spiritual, mental, emotional, physical, everything manifested fear, anxiety, stress, chaos. And it became... It became overwhelming. And then we didn't have a place to live. You know, we were uh, living with friends and things like that. We were just moving in and out of people's master bedrooms or basements. Mm -hmm. It was just crazy. It's like the wrong time for all of that. But that's what we were going through. Um, And then finally we got somewhere, but we had to build it to be able to live in it. So and then we were still doing storms. We were still going off to other states and dealing with catastrophes and all that that encompasses. And so, yeah, it just compounded major and it became to where I was like, I'm not going to make it. I need somebody. I need help. It took a year, but we got there. You're on the other side. You're on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. You're on the other side. But it did take you being intentional. It didn't just happen on its own. And I guess that's what the, I really want the listener to, to know is like this stuff doesn't just happen on its own. You have, Seek it out. You have to be intentional and you have to be a bit tired when you agree, Alicia, like just tired of the same old. Same. Yeah. You have to be willing to surrender. You can't just be like, cause we talked about somebody before. I'm not confused. I'm not, I don't need help. I'm fine. 
I'm fine. You, you know, um, you can't help somebody like that. You have to be willing to say, I need help and something's broken and I need help. Because if you're to that point, you're not to that yeah. point and you're like, I don't need help. I don't need you. I don't want to listen to you. I'm not confused. I'm not hurt. I'm fine. I'm perfect. Everything's great. Then you can't receive help. Right. You've got to lay that pride or whatever it is down and realize we're human. We, every single person breathing right now needs yeah. help. It reminds me of like that child that's just learning to tie their shoes and you, you know, they're, they want to go outside and play, but they are like, no, I don't need help. And you're like, okay, then (laughs) looks like you're not going outside because here we are. It's going to get dark in just a little bit and you're still wrestling to tie that shoe, you know? Oh, it's my two year old. He was out there in his socks in the snow yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. That's him. Don't need I, don't help. Need help. I don't need you to put my <laughs> shoes on me. Okay. Uh, All right. Well, so what is your closing word to the listener as we get ready to wrap up? What would you like to impart to the listener before we um, end our episode today? Well, I've said it a few times, but do not claim up. Do not just say I'm fine. Um, the reason that we were born is to be citizens of a kingdom of the father. And especially when we're brought into that kingdom and we give our lives over, um, he has a purpose for our lives. And if we're not healthy and we're not well, then we cannot live out our purpose. And we are the ones missing out and the ones around us are missing out. Um, and we're not going to, we're not going to find joy in life if we're doing our own thing. So if you're not going to become healthy for just you, just keep that bigger perspective of, Yes, get healthy for you. Yes, get healthy for your family. But it's bigger than that. Like you were born for a purpose. You have something to do. Um, You have gifts that are instilled in you, whether you know it or not. And the father has a vision for your life. And you're not going to get there if you're limping and broken and bitter and hurting. Um, You can't serve out of that place effectively. So get help. Um, Learn how to be an overcomer. Anna has an amazing book. I've, there's what, eight Uh steps in it. Uh Read the book, learn the book, read the book over, make the notes, do the highlighter, get it out, learn it. I read the book. I work those steps. Have your scriptures in this hand and the book in this hand and say, how do I do this father? And then pray over that. Like if you need somebody, sometimes you don't need somebody. Sometimes you can take those tools and you can use them, but some, sometimes you need somebody to hold your hand through the hard part so that you can get, um, like, like I needed, like I described, but it's for the purpose of being a healthy kingdom citizen and walking out your purpose and raising your children, um, the way that we're called to raise them and loving your husband, the way that you're called to love your husband, or if you're single, um, serving others, you know, where you're at. And that's the important part of why, like why, why it's so important to get healthy and why it's so important to learn to be an overcomer. Um, it's like Pilgrim's Progress, the book, you know, it's like you mature and you walk down that path. And sometimes there's that, those times are refreshing. And sometimes there's, um, just crazy challenges to the point of, um, I mean, to the point of being martyred, right? right? I mean, you, there's there's a huge spectrum there. You have to be willing, um, to overcome any situation, any situation, whether it be facing death or whether it be holding your marriage, you know, in front of the father or whether it be praying over your children, like learn to overcome because it's the same steps, over it's the same again. tools. Yeah. Holy so God. for the sake of the kingdom, yeah. do it. Listen, if you need a tow truck, call the tow, call the tow company. You know, sometimes we get, sometimes we get stuck in life and we can push our vehicle out of the mud. And sometimes we need a tow truck. And so no, be honest with yourself. Do you need a tow truck? Are you being cheap? Meaning you don't want to use whatever <laughs> it takes to get, get you out of the mud. Afraid of change yeah, are you or afraid, afraid of, of the challenge. Are you afraid to trust? Yeah. Whatever it is. Yeah. Um, that's all yeah. just, you know, every, all of it really kind of boils down to pride in some shape, way or form. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Alicia, thank you for coming on the podcast. This includes, Thank you for having this includes me. episode seven of Overcoming Daily with Anna Johnson. Until next time, have an overcomer day. I am cheering and praying for you. Shalom.